0: welcome to the catholic influencers podcast where we go deeper into the sunday gospels reading to help you influence the world for jesus i'm father rob gallia
1: and i'm denny sullivan
0: and this podcast is presented to you by frg ministry welcome to the catholic influencers podcast this I don't even know what week in the in, the, in, I, in ordinary...
1: We've just gone back to oh, ordinary,
0: maybe 12? 12th week, I don't know. Don't take our word for it. We'll actually type it out in the title. But we're back in ordinary time. And after several weeks of feast days, we had Easter, Pentecost, we had Corpus Christi. There was the Trinity, no, yeah, Trinity, Corpus Christi. Yeah. So many feasts. And now back to the amazing, extraordinary, ordinary. But today also is a very special day, a special podcast as well, because it is Danny's very last podcast. Sad. (laughs) This morning, honestly, Danny, I woke up really sad. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't even want to record this podcast today. Like,
1: I woke up and I was like... (gasps) I had the best idea and then I realized it was a bit impractical, but I woke up going like, what if like father Rob drove to Bendigo and we could record in person and then like go out for like celebratory commiseratory, <laughs> like brunch. We can um, do that um, on Friday. But then Friday. I realized that you were offsite and you wouldn't actually get here in no, time. No, so.
0: but we'll do that and certainly, we'll d- we'll, yeah, we'll have a coffee together here, <laughs> but we'll do that Friday. Friday I get into the office and we'll, we'll have a yeah. um, time of celebration. And commiseration, <laughs> as you said. Uh, but to, to, at, towards the end of this podcast, we're also going to be talking to Dani about her work, about her future work, about also how she ended up actually being on this podcast. I'm not even sure. I, this podcast, I think, was your idea in the first place as well. And so uh, this, this ministry, which has she has influenced so much, and we're so grateful for. But we'll hear a little bit about her story later on, which I know she's going to reluctantly share, but she's going to share because she's very brave. And so... I will yeah, share Yeah, good.
1: It. I have coffee, it'll be <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: That's right. Coffee <laughs> is the what? It's the, the one, things that give you liquid courage. Some would say yeah. it's alcohol. I but do. No. Coffee.
1: I actually have a meeting this afternoon. So I'm in like... when I, I'm not confident for the meeting. I just don't like talking to people. Face to face. So I actually have on my like power boots. Oh power
0: boots. Oh look at that. Those yeah. of you who are seeing it on so, video could see it. She actually <laughs> raised her foot to her face to show you <laughs> to show you her power <laughs> boots. My power
1: boots. I only wear them when I have meetings that I'm not confident for. Or when I'm yeah doing something that I need a little bit more courage because when I wear them I'm like six foot oh,
0: tall. Oh wow! Ah, okay. So I see what you that's why. If I boots. can't
1: feel confident, I can look.
0: That's so good.
1: Uh, by being taller, so I've got my power boots. I've got my coffee. This podcast. You will be know what good.
0: they say that like there's absolute truth in that, like in, in what you wear, because how you feel is also mm-hmm. how you're going to bring yourself forward. But also there are power colors as well, you know, like reds and blacks. And so a lot of presidents and a lot of uh, important people would wear a, a black suit or, or a red tie or something like that. And so that's a, a sign Thank of you. power and authority as well. So there you go. You're wearing dark colors too as well. I think it's navy.
1: Blue. I am, I'm like, liking- <laughs> I've got some white, but I'm mostly black yeah. with my heeled boots. So I'm You're ready. ready
0: and all authority. <laughs> So, again, this is our um, Catholic Influencers podcast. And we're after Danny also will finish off here, as we announced last week, we're still going to continue season four. We're still going to continue to pray with you. We're still going to continue to um, give you the scriptures and, and maybe something a little bit different. We actually don't even know yet, but we'll have two new co-hosts. Um, and that is... Georgia and Alyssa as well so um, they'll be co-hosting one at a time I think with me and so we'll also continue to, to minister to you through the podcast and Danny will also continue to be involved because she's actually producing the show so she's not going anywhere really
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm just taking a step away from the microphone. But to introduce Alyssa and Georgia to you, I do have to record two more
0: podcasts, Ah. but they're just
1: little interviews with them so that we can introduce who they are before season four. So I'm pretty excited to record with them, So you will
0: continue to hear your voice as you interview. Only two more times. Yeah, maybe a little bit more later in the future, (laughs) in case of emergency, or maybe not. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see, we'll see. Okay. Okay, so let's get straight into the scripture today. Um, I'd say one of the most discomforting Scripture verses in all of the Gospels. Um, Just It's so far away sometimes from what sometimes we think of the joy of the Gospel. Joy is so much more than a feeling of happiness. But listen to this. Listen to this Scripture. Be ministered by the Scripture. And also, may the Lord convict you as you hear this. Because conviction is something beautiful, something that makes us holier. So I'm going to hand over to Danny to proclaim the gospel for us.
1: So the gospel for this 12th week in ordinary time comes from Matthew 10, 26 to 33. So have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark utter in the light and what you hear whispered proclaim upon housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground without your father's will. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value than sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven.
0: Amen. Again, this is so discomforting. You know, it's just um, sometimes, you know, when I, I was uh, starting off in youth ministry, um, I, I was really attracted to the sort of the the fun of Christianity it it was really fun and it, it, there's no doubt that Christianity is fun like we, I started going to the youth group and we had some lights and we had some music and we had community and it was just so fun and then I encountered the Holy Spirit and it was just so full of joy so full of peace and I loved it I loved it and I I still love being a Christian I still love being a Catholic. But it comes Christianity, if you are a Christian, it's going to come at a great, fantastic price, an ex- expensive price. I mean, it's going to cost you everything, and this is what Jesus is saying here, how difficult it is to follow Jesus. And so this uh, this struggle, this difficulty, is something that Jesus is bringing at the forefront. He's saying, hey, hold on, before we go any further, I want you to know that it's going to cost you to, f- to follow me, to continue following me. You know, we heard last week about Corpus Christi. He says, this is one of the prices you're going to have to pay, that you're going to have to believe uh, that this is my body, this is my blood, um, given out for you. And many walked away, but now he's giving them another um, warning. He's telling them, hey, now... Even this is going to be difficult. It's not only going to be difficult now, but it's going to be difficult when I'm gone, which is a little bit crazy. I uh, Yeah, and I, I'm really living that out in my ministry as well, this discomfort of following Jesus.
1: And I think like just going back to where this is in the scripture as well, like Jesus is giving this big kind of statement of mission to his disciples so before we come to this exact piece of scripture like he's sending them out and he's saying like go in and don't take anything with you and you're not going to be paid um just stay where you stay go out and proclaim you know what i'm teaching you to the ends of the earth to every house in israel and then he says you're going to be like lambs among wolves so that's a thing Mm. and then he says but don't worry like don't be scared don't be scared of persecution because they can kill the body but they can't kill the soul be scared of losing your soul over anything and then straight after this he's like oh also you're gonna have to lose your life for my sake but take up your cross and it'll be worth it so yeah it's discomforting this whole time for the apostles they would have been like oh we're going to be sent out and it's going to be awful and we're going to be persecuted but we can't lose our soul but then we've got to carry our cross and lose our life so so yeah it's it's very uncomfortable and very hard but But it's for what, yes, else?
0: and it's for an eternal reward as well. So, like, we're mm. living um, the difficulties. You Look, it, let's put it in another way. I don't know if you were ever like that, Danny, but sometimes I start to think how easy, and not always, no, uh, not always, but sometimes I think how, how I wish just for a few moments or a few days or a few months, I just didn't believe what I believed. I didn't... Um, understand what i understood and i can just live freely do what i want when i want and and just so for almost thinking like this it's a burden to be a christian sometimes you know I, where, because i know what i know because i've experienced what i've experienced and it is really like it's sometimes so much easier just not to believe so much easier just to to walk and did you ever experience anything like this or am i just crazy <laughs>
1: No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think, yeah, ignorance is bliss. And if we were Mm. ignorant of what we know, then life, I don't know if it'd be easier, but it would, you could do a lot more, but also a lot less. So I don't know. I don't think I'd like to be there because I know what I know, but it would be an exciting experiment, (laughs) um, I think. But yeah, like it. Sometimes when you see things on the news or whatever or your friend's life, you're like, oh, maybe it would be easier. Yeah. You know, or maybe you could do things that I couldn't do if I wasn't a Christian, but then wait up, obviously, if you know what you know. And, and if you've had an experience of Jesus, you'd never see
0: Exactly, choose. exactly. Because you've had the experience of Jesus, you cannot go back to the old life. You know, you cannot. Because even the peace that follows this difficulty, the struggle to follow God sometimes there's an incredible peace you know peace of, of knowing that god is with you peace that god is struggling in the struggle with you that that you, you at the end of the day you're living for the glory of god not for your own self and this is something which is tough but is is so beautiful but i think also there's the importance of of not doing people the disservice when you are in ministry when we are as we are you know in a, in, in a ministry it we cause a disservice to people to sell Jesus as sort of the bells and smells and whistles and lights and, and sort of HD um, displays, which is so important. Now, I'm not saying anything against that because we have all that and we want all that, but that's not where it ends. You see, at the end of the day, we have to sp- we use these things and these props and music and all of this to, to speak the language of the hearts of the people. But it doesn't stop there, okay? People need to know, as Jesus is warning his disciples, he's warning his followers and potential followers, that it's going to be tough, it's going to be difficult. And you have to prepare yourself for war. You You cannot go into war without your armor. You cannot go into war without your weapon, because you're going to get killed. And this is what Jesus is saying. It's going to be difficult, not because he wants to discourage people, but because he wants them to be prepared. Because once you're prepared, then you have a, a a fine chance of winning, of of succeeding in in the project, in the war, and so this is where Jesus starts off. But there's so much more to this scripture, um, and, and w- which continues also um, with Jesus ha- having this monologue, maybe with with his apostles. So I I have four points, but I don't know if there's there's something that you'd like to add to that. But yeah, they, I, there are four things that came out while I was reading this scripture. And the first one is is the idea of the day of the Lord. Jesus is saying that the you're going to be divided from your family. And I always found that really difficult. Danny, you're close to your family. Like imagine, I mean, Jesus had to put that choice. Hey, abandon your family and follow me. Do you think Jesus would do that? I hope not.
1: Because it would not be a easy or fun choice. Um, Yeah. Like I am very close with my family. I also like to think I'm very close with Jesus, but um, yeah, I never want to, I don't think I have to make that decision. Thankfully I have a very beautiful and faithful family and I'm like, that is a huge blessing in my life, but some people do have to make that choice and it's so difficult. I imagine. Um, But Jesus saying that like, that's something to be made.
0: Yeah and m- many people will not have to make that choice and uh, first of all jesus is not saying that um families are bad or that you should abandon families jesus actually it says that jesus was close to mary you know he's close to joseph and you can see the holy family they were united and also in the old testament the, one of the commandments is honor your mother and your father it's it's, it's not talking about dishonoring or, or not being close to family But he's saying this, he's saying, if your family are more important to you than I am, if your family is more important to you than following me, then you're not worthy of the kingdom. Now, very often, especially in a Christian nation, those two go hand in hand. So that's fantastic. You know, like you're you're serving Jesus, your family supports you in this. But there are people who don't, you know, for example, there's a, one of the people that we are supporting, even as a ministry, we, we support this person, is, is a, a, a guy who's left um, Syria, actually, and come to Australia, and also now is in the middle of a conversion, which is taking years and years and years of, of from being a Muslim To being Christian now, he's living very much as a Catholic. He's living very much as a as a Christian, but his his parents have totally abandoned him, and he's also scared of this. Believe it or not, the Syrian community here, um, the Muslim Syrian community here, who know him because they know that the sort of their apostasy moving away from the faith could even end in, result in his death or, or in a, an ostracizing in a way that w- would be really difficult for him for the rest of his life. Although he's moving in wisdom and careful how he's doing that, it's so hard and he's choosing and he's having to make that choice of putting God, putting Jesus before his family. And it's painful. I'm sure there isn't a day that he doesn't grieve. I'm sure there isn't a day that he doesn't wish he could hold his mom. You know, a, a, a day where he he wishes he could have this conversation with his dad, but they just abandon him. They cannot. Th- th- there's no relationship anymore. And so this is really difficult. Some people have to make that, and that's part of martyrdom. Martyrium is 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 being a witness. You know, being able to 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 witness to the love of Jesus. And the postman's here. <laughs>
1: I feel like your house is very popular. Every time we go to, I know because a it's on a
0: <laughs> like it's on a on a on a morning where <laughs> things things, things happen. happen. Yeah. So yeah, the difficulty of making that choice, and that's that's point number one. Number two, is is the day of the Lord. You know, the apostles knew and the Jews knew about the day of the Lord, what it meant to be the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord was when Jesus was coming again. And that day, that day also included, there were many things that were listed according to the Jewish scripture that would happen on the day the Lord came. The day justice was brought. Not not the second coming of Christ, but the day of justice, where they hoped the Messiah would come and just bring about justice. But one of those was going to be the division of families because they didn't know why. they didn't know how. actually they didn't there were so many interpretations of that. but Jesus is explaining this. He's saying, "Hey, if you don't choose me first, and if you don't put me first, even before your family, then um, it's going to be really um, it, you, actually he says it's not you're not worthy of my kingdom." and that's scary, that's really scary. Now, I didn't reject my family, but one of the choices I had to make as well was to move to Australia when all my family are, are in Malta. And I, I, at the end of the day, I didn't re- reject them, but I did have to choose to where I felt the Lord was leading me to go across the world to Australia and, and, serve, and serve the Lord there. And it is difficult. This is, what, 15 years ago, and still today, every time I go home, I the worst day for me is the day I'm at the airport because to see my mother cry every single time it's so painful it's so painful but at the end of the day I even every time I'm going up those escalators in in the Malta airport I always have to make a decision and say Jesus you I do it for you now my pain is nothing compared to this Muslim guy I, I know that but sometimes we do have to make that choice in certain ways and we do have to diet our own self and we do have to become martyrs Mm, yes, and so the, the cross of, of Jesus if, uh, hadn't happened when Jesus was talking about this. You know, he's saying, pick up your cross and follow me. And they knew exactly what that meant because they had seen it. In fact, there was this guy called Varus who was the, the head of the army. At the time of Jesus, he crucified 2,000 people at once. 2,000 people at once. Can you imagine? And he crucified them not in a hidden place, but on the streets, all over the streets, towards Jerusalem, so that every single person would see the suffering, the pain. If you did not obey the Roman, the Roman Empire, and so they knew that they knew the torment, they knew the pain, and Jesus was saying, "Hey, you have to pick up your cross." And what these people would do is they'd carry the the um, the. The, vertic- the horizontal part of the cross and they'd walk towards the, the um, cross and they'd stick the cross on, on that. So they knew the pain and the difficulty and what it meant to carry your cross is not just to carry a burden hoping that the burden would go away, but to pick up your cross is to pick up your cross knowing that your burden is going to end up in death and in suffering, in more suffering than the actual carrying of the cross. And that is to follow Jesus, to die to self. And this brings us to the the fourth point, and that is really the dying to self, the absolute dying to self. But the death to self is something good, not bad, because that's where the adventure begins. When we die to our own will, we're holding on to Jesus. And when we hold on to Jesus, man, it's an adventure. I would have never imagined the joy, the peace in my own life Having let go and holding on to him. Because I, I, I honestly, I say this if I, was, if I had a thousand lifetimes, I'd choose to, to be, I'd want to be a priest in each one. But a thousand lifetimes before being a priest, I'd certainly want to be a Christian in each one and pick up my cross in each one. Because it's such a joy, such an adventure, um, knowing that the King of Kings is carrying you in his hands throughout all of this but it's hard to let go. it is really hard, and Jesus knows that, and we know that and it's wh- when we let go, we can fly and I like the analogy of the eagle, you know when the, when you have this massive bird which is which flies and is capable of doing so many things, but if you have a chain stuck to the eagle's leg it 's not going to fly, but it 's not only a chain it's it still can kind of fly even with a nylon string, so whether it 's a chain or a nylon string, whether we 're held back by things that are good, things that are bad, things that are addictions, to things that are um, habitual sin, to things that are are comfort, whatever it is holding down, when we cut those strings, then we're going to find true freedom, then we're going to reach our potential, as the eagle finds its potential when it's cut off from any ties and can fly and can soar um, and see the world from a whole new perspective through the eyes of God. And so this is, again, why Jesus is telling his apostles this so that they could live life to the full. Danny, do you have anything else? <laughs> no, I think that's
1: really good. I'd never heard that analogy of an eagle. With a string. Yeah.
0: And so this is the, uh, yeah, the freedom that God wants us to go, to go into. So, so let's go into the topic part. <laughs> And Danny, do you have a final hurrah song for us?
1: Oh, <laughs> I don't even think of the song. I was so nervous. Oh no! Okay. Uh, the final countdown. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da.
0: Da-da-da-da. 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 We're in different keys.
1: Da-da-da-da. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: <laughs> Okay. That's so, all I've got. Only because you said the word "final." The final countdown. No bad. <laughs> and so. This is, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, this is Danny's final um, Catholic influence influences podcast. Um, she's put in like this was li- her idea of the podcast, and this is where it's developed into um, episode, not episode season three, and we're going into season four. But Danny, as we've said several times, is not going to be with us in season four, um, but has. Done so much for this, and not only. And this is where I want to talk. And I thought maybe we'd have a little bit of an interview about what Danny does, who is Danny, and what, why, why are we sorry to sort of that she's moving on in this, in this? Not only because she's good in speaking and in listening to me talk a lot, but um, also the amazing work that she does and the amazing, honestly, inspiration of holiness that she is in my life. And so i'm I'm really grateful for her, even though um, it's not to say that any of us are superhuman, but it's just amazing that God places certain people in our lives who just take us to a whole other level in in our relationship with God. And so this is let's learn a little bit about about Danny. who is Danny, and why and we'll end up with the point where why are you here, but who who is Danny where uh, t- who are you?
1: It's very strange to be on this side of the questions. Um, I don't really know. I mean, any podcast listener knows that I'm a little bit about me, very close with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a bit of a dork. I do like to laugh at myself. I like to laugh at Father Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess how I got here with my life and particularly with my faith, uh, that's obviously very important to me. And it always has been. So I was raised cradle Catholic, all of that. We'd like my church growing up had 20 people and yeah. seven of those were my family. And you were in a farm.
0: You had a farm. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So grew up on a dairy farm as well. So that was fun. So growing up, we lived like 30 minutes from anything and everything. So I had to get along with my siblings because they were like the closest friends you could have because everyone else was really far away. And really close with my parents as well, we were really blessed that we could go and help Dad on the farm, so on school holidays, we'd spend a lot of time with Dad and then a lot of time with Mum as well. So I'm really close with my parents, which I'm very thankful for. It made that eight weeks of isolation of Mum and dad's hmm. very easy. Um, yeah, and then i I don't really know what's noteworthy to point out. I went to so, primary
0: school, went to I, high school t- tell us a little bit about for example your your faith, okay. Um, you you obviously have this encounter with Jesus, you know Jesus. How did you meet Jesus?
1: Yeah, so cradle Catholic, that was a thing that I did. But then when I was 16, I was in year 11, and our school was sending two people, our diocese actually, was sending two year 11s from all of our schools um, to Rome for the canonization of our first Australian saint, St Mary MacKillop, and... I thought, why not me? I could have a free trip to Rome. That sounds like fun. Um, So I applied and I don't know, I just kind of did a little application and then they picked me. So I went off to Rome for 10 days. And so that was amazing. So that was probably the first instance where, I got to glimpse how much bigger this Catholic thing was than the 20 people that I saw every Sunday at Mass. You know, it wasn't just my family and another family from my small town. It was, you know, there was a Mass in St. Peter's Square with I think 80,000 people. And I didn't know that there was 80,000 Catholics. That was something that slipped my mind. So that was kind of the first instant where I was intrigued by the faith more than just something my parents were making me do. Um, and then a few months later, there was this retreat for young people in our diocese. So it was with Bishop Joe Grech and this new little baby priest, Father Rob Gallia And we, I went along and I was about to go with a friend and the day before she bailed and I was so upset. I was like, okay, I'm going to go spend a weekend with strangers. And that was like my worst nightmare. And we were in like this caravan park in this tiny town. And on that retreat, it was only for two nights but I think I had the first experience of adoration where um, the blessed sacrament came out, this like pretty gold, gold frame. I now know it's called a monstrance um, and everyone knelt down and I didn't know why everyone was kneeling, but I just kind of followed with the crowd cause I didn't want to be the odd one out. And then they kept kneeling and they kept kneeling. So I was like, Oh, something must be happening here. Like what's, what is this? And it was through that experience that I was like, like, I think Bishop Joe might have got up and explained what was happening and what it was, and that it was blessed sacrament. And that was, yeah, kind of like the moment, I guess, where I was, yeah, I chose to be sold out for Jesus.
0: Amazing. So you had yeah. the same, your encounter was Jesus in the Eucharist that yeah. um, caused you, yeah, he he won your heart in that moment. And, yeah, and the story didn't end there. But even right before that, um, I knew you, I think, from year 10, was it? I, I don't even know or where you started Finish your to
1: story help. and we'll find out no that was the next year
0: the next year okay so year yeah. 11 year 12 was when you you came into i, I was a, appointed to the parish where you lived or sort of where you lived the way you went to school mm. and um, during your breaks somehow i got this um, e- email or call from the head of faith and ministry Um, And I said, hey, we have this young girl who wants to volunteer in the parish. Can you find her some work? And I was working on this youth ministry project. And you came in and you started just typing out these activities for young people. And I kept on thinking, why is she doing this? But she would just go. And I'm saying, I I felt like it was like, I didn't want to give you all of this work because you were doing a lot of work then. And but you continued and you, you, you really wanted to serve, you really wanted to be part of this stronger youth ministry as well. And the parish,
1: yeah. I think what had happened was that after that retreat, which was at the very end of year 11, and then we went like I went from that straight into summer holiday, so like six weeks off school. And over those six weeks, I just like poured over every book and every like song and I just read scripture all the time and it was just six weeks of me being like how are there so many things that I didn't know mm. I've been to I you know I'd been to a catholic school my whole schooling education I grew up in a catholic family and I, there was so much that I didn't know and I was so like not angry but I was maybe jealous of like as my past self that I didn't know all of that and I just hated the thought that there were other young people you know thousands of people that I went to school with or 2000 people that I went to school with that also didn't know and mm. that just made me so sad so yeah I wanted to volunteer in the parish to do something so that everyone else could know how like exciting the Catholic faith is I think that yeah. maybe that's something you know we spoke about earlier in the podcast that we don't need to sell it as fun or easy but it is exciting and it it's is. rich and it's beautiful and that I got to 16 17 years old and didn't know that mm. like I'm mourned for my past self that she didn't know that and I I hated the idea that there were so many people in the world that also didn't know so then I knew that I couldn't do anything big and I didn't want to speak to people so I was like okay if I if I work on some of this background stuff if I write activities if I write right. out you know youth group plans then that's going to help other people get up and speak to people but more the more that they know the more that they know
0: yeah and so, so this is the journey the conversion journey is, is sort of you have this encounter but you don't want to keep this encounter to yourself it t- translates into a burden into almost a cross uh, to tell other people about this and so you started to figure out ways, and but it didn't change the fact that you were an introvert. You were an introvert before. You're still, you still, you were an introvert after, and you still are an introvert. And so you were trying to figure out ways of doing this, of serving sort of behind the scenes, which is con- in a contrast to what we're doing right now, which is so public. <laughs> but so this is where you're going. So your journey from there, but it it, it doesn't stop there. Then you finish year twelve, and you apply for a position.
1: Yeah. So. Um, in Australia, you can have a gap year and if you want to get paid, you know, uni allowance from the government, you have to like earn a certain amount of money. So I knew that I was going to do that. I wanted to go to uni. I needed to be able to afford uni. So I took a gap year and our high school had options. Um, one of the options was like a faith and ministry training where you just kind of worked with the faith Um, and religious education team on doing little things like running the opening mass or we had daily mass um, different classes would go to. So you'd organise things like this. And then one of the things that you and I did that year, Father Rob, was also start a youth group in our parish. Mm. Our parish didn't really have an established youth group at that time. So we started doing that as well. So that was a whole year. Um, that I spent just doing ministry. And I don't think I knew what ministry was before that year, but by the end of it, I definitely had a bigger grasp um, on what it was and just, you know, it was a trainee wage. It wasn't exciting. It meant that I lived at home and couldn't really afford much, but it was just that every day I got to go to the school and talk to young people. You know, they were only a year or two younger than me, but, you know, I just was so excited that I could share Jesus with them. Um, and it meant that we got to go to different, stronger events and go to, you know, youth group every other week. And it was just, yeah, something that is a huge blessing in my life. And I still talk to a lot of those kids. I call them my kids. They're like, like, you know, they're married with kids and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) but they're my kids. kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so this is uh, your, the beginning of uh, full-time ministry. But then again, you went to university, you studied communications and media, and then you finished off that, finished off that degree, which you you have finished off the degree. And then, yeah.
1: I think, I think I'm nearly finished. So this is the longest arts degree in the history of the world. Because I did go off to uni. I went to Melbourne. I studied for three, nearly three years. And then, I, which I think is where you're going, I got like this incredible job in Bendigo. So I moved yeah. away. But I had one subject left. so.
0: And that's it's been a seven-year arts degree,
1: which is, yeah, but anyway, I'm nearly done. I'm just waiting for the final email from my lecturer, yeah. which should come in a couple of weeks, and then I'll be done.
0: Oh, amazing. So, uh, th- then from that, you went into another full-time ministry, which was from a, a sort of a parish and school level. Now, you are the head of youth ministry for the entire diocese. Like, what?! Hmm. Yeah. And you find yourself there running, basically, the youth ministry for the entire diocese. How awesome is that?
1: Yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty crazy. I was only 22 when I started. So it was a lot to do at 22. There'd been two people in the role previously, but then due to things, there was only one of me and it was for an entire diocese and it was insane. Mm. Um, I did it for two years, I think I was there. And it was the craziest two years of opportunities I think I'd been in there for two weeks or three weeks and the business manager called me in and said look Danielle we're going to send you to World Youth Day I was like yeah. oh like you the Poland one <laughs> yeah. but also you're going to be a leader and you're going to take a group of people with you and I, I'd never been to World Youth Day I was 22 I had just moved to a town where I didn't know anyone and I was like okay I'm going to go to Poland that seems legit so mm. things like that just kind of came up and the opportunities were amazing the work was really difficult at times um but such a blessing i think relationship is something that i say throughout all the ministry that i've done um from school and then diocesan and now here as well mm. is that like being youth minister for the diocese created some of the strongest friendships i have in my life and strongest relationships and taught me things that i wasn't expecting to learn yeah. at all so yeah
0: and then but it doesn't stop there you see from a diocesan youth ministry now you are working on a in a global ministry um, FRG ministry, which is the our ministry where we reach literally from tens of thousands of people in the diocese now to literally millions of people and which is absolutely crazy uh, just to see the journey where God is leading you so tell us a little bit about what you do um, the podcast is only like a, a tiny part of what you do which is a big big job but tell us a little bit about what your role is and what you do in FRG ministry
1: great question (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so yeah like the podcast it seems like such a big thing because it's weekly and there's planning there's studying there's recording there's editing but compared to all the things they do um, here in the office it's actually like a minor role that I do, which like seems bizarre to say, but I guess I came onto the team to do resources. So like I was doing when I was 17 in year 12 at the parish office, like writing up documents, like I get to do that now, even still just with a lot more knowledge um, and a lot more experience, which is I think nice. Um, So my main role is to work on this big education resource that we're doing. So, Overall, uh, it will reach thousands, um, if not tens. Of, I don't. I don't yeah, really know the reach. numbers. It will reach like tens of thousands within our diocese. So mm-hmm. then, beyond that, even more. Um, and that's for high school students at the moment. So doing like religious education curriculum, um, classroom activities and things. Uh, then the podcast, and then there's the media, and there's the marketing. So all the social and graphic media.
0: design and graphic also design. social media. <laughs> there's so mm-hmm. lot video
1: editing i'm just trying to look uh yeah patreon um things like that so i'm gonna contact yeah. them and i set it all up and the web blog, design all sort of the one. web design
0: <laughs> there's like yeah. she, everything that Which, is anything got to do with public relations anything got to do with the public um and our graphic design and our media um danny runs that part and she also mm. has other staff working for her other staff working with her Um, So two staff now, actually, Um, we have a teacher who works and helps helps Danny create these resources and also someone who helps in in social media. So just the, the responsibility that she has and yet the wisdom that she works with is just absolutely incredible. And just to see that journey coming from a place where you were hiding in our office, creating resources to now impacting literally millions of people.
1: Hide in an office making resources. Yes, but still as an <laughs> introvert. But this is the amazing thing yeah.
0: that even don't limit God, you see. And this is probably um, one of the things that Danny now is going more into the introvert part with not being on this podcast. But I just want to finish off this. And uh, we have been talking a while now. But I just want to just to show my gratitude. I just really want to thank you for the way you've contributed to this podcast. You run the the ministry. I have a lot to thank you for for everything else. But this podcast, for your vision, for the way you have impacted and encouraged people over the last few years through this podcast, we will miss you on this podcast. We will. Um, many people will be sad that not to hear your voice. But you'll continue to produce the show. You'll continue to edit the show. Um, But we're just so, so very thankful and grateful. And maybe I just thought I'd end up with just a little prayer blessing over you, Danny. And I I ask the listeners as well to pray for her and for her future and for her work in the ministry and for her love for Jesus. So let me just pray this blessing. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Danielle. I thank you for your love for her and the way you show your love to the world through her. Lord, you know this is a new chapter for her for the podcast, but also for her as she focuses on other work. Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit. I ask you to bless her a hundredfold for the blessings that she has blessed others with. Lord, you are a good, good father. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to embrace her, to hold her, to strengthen her. Lord Jesus, and I ask also that as a team of people who listen, who are ministered by her, that you continue to encourage her and we speak blessing over her life we speak peace over her life we speak wholeness over her life and we thank you lord jesus for the gift that danny is and i ask your blessing upon her in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen so again danny thank you uh, all the listeners thank you thank you for being part of this and i'll just hand over to you danny um uh, to to uh, conclude this and to say whatever you, you you want to say.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Catholic Influences <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> um, thank you so much, uh, Father Rob, for everyone that listens. It's very surreal. I, yeah, making the decision to leave the podcast was not easy and it came down to just like what I could outsource from my job and what I couldn't. So it was, yeah, easy in one aspect that... I am very introverted. I do have mad anxiety. So like leaving, I was like, oh, okay. No, like that will kind of dissipate, which will be nice. But then, yeah, like being entrusted with this has just been such an honor. And it's so surreal. Like the people that have contacted me over the past 18 months from all around the world is just like, they know my name and they know who I am. And they probably know all my siblings' names by now. I don't know how many stories I've told about my family, but it's just such an honor that I would be able to do this. So thank you. Like sincerely, it's been such a joy in my life to be able to host this. And I'm so excited that I still get to stay involved. So I know that we keep saying that, but really I've already made the plan for season four. <laughs> so I know exactly what's happening more than the host to it the moment. You just won't hear my voice. Um, but yes, thank you. Please stay in touch. I, you know, I won't be on the podcast, but I'll still be part of FIG. So like reach out, contact me. I'll still be <laughs> doing the social media and answering emails and answering people on Patreon. So yeah, please be in touch. Um, be in touch with us as a ministry as well. We do, we do love hearing from you. I feel like I'm just doing the generic spiel, but it's, yeah i don't think it'll ever be generic because every person that contacts us is like we remember them and we pray for them and it's a huge it's a huge thing and when you know just thinking about support when we get a new patreon or when we get a new you know someone donates to us we get their name and we get their town and like all of a sudden i'm like oh joe from california like you know you you come to our minds and you come to our hearts so it is not just us me sitting in an office in Bendigo hiding away um this is a huge global community and to be a part of that is just such an honor and such a blessing in my life so thank you um I'll probably be back in the next couple of weeks with Alyssa and Georgia but that'll be a lot shorter than this because I feel like we've gone on
0: (laughs) but thank you yeah, so thank you, Danny, and we ask you continue to please be in touch with us to send your thank yous to Danny as well, or if you'd like some feedback for season four, um, we'd love to hear from you. From and, and it's um, the webs. The email is podcast at frgministry.com, snail mail P O Box ninety six Strathdale, Victoria three five five zero, Australia, and also patreon if you'd like to be part of this ministry um patreon.com forward slash frg ministry and um also there's different ways of supporting us and that's frgministrycom forward slash support dash us
1: well
0: so, done <laughs> so thank you and god bless you and thanks to danny and thank you for listening to us god bless
1: bye